The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Ghana, Saudi Arabia, and Scotland, and in the states of New Jersey, Texas, and Indiana. Welcome and thank you for your continuing support. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. As I promised at the beginning of every show, at least through September, I'm going to lead you through three exercises that we can all do to help stop or lessen the severity and frequency of the natural disasters that have been plaguing the earth. I'm doing them at the beginning of each show so you can find them easily and do them with me every day or at the very least every week. The wonderful thing about it is that as you help Mother Earth to clear the negative energy, you will also be clearing yourself of fears and other negative energies that are harmful to you. So please spread the word for yourself, your families, your local communities, our global community, and the Earth itself. For more information on this topic, listen to our May 28th on-demand show with psychic Dwan Washington by going to my website, paulajoyce.com. Thank you for listening and continuing to tell other people. Here are the three techniques to help clear yourself and the earth of fear. Please do them with me. The first one is an affirmation. If you're not where you can say it out loud, then just hear it in your mind. I am love as I am loved. You are love as you are loved. All is love as all is loved. 
The second one is a visualization. If you have trouble visualizing, then just listen to the words. Close your eyes and see a beautiful pink heart full of love, shining pink light down on you. See and feel the pink light going through your body, down to your feet, and into the ground where the pink light is filling and healing all of the fault lines in the earth, the oceans, the floodplains, the volcanoes, the winds, and the atmosphere. The last technique is a chant. First, I'm going to say it, and then you can chant it with me or just hear it in your mind. Om, ah, ha, ah, om, am, am. Know that as you do these three techniques, you are helping to fill yourself and the earth with pink healing energy. Here's the chant. Om, ah, ha, ah, om, am, am. We are balancing all of the energies and helping to create calm and peace within yourself and the earth. These techniques are particularly helpful for anyone who has been abused or is self-abusing because they experience more fear than most people. Please share these techniques widely. Last Saturday, I had held the past life group regression workshop that I had been telling you about. I wanted to follow up by letting you know what a powerful experience it was for all of us. I even got a thank you note that I want to share with you. Timothy wrote, thank you. Yesterday was illuminating. You are fantastic. This planet is so fortunate to have you grace it with your incarnation. All souls that come within your wake are uplifted. I am always amazed and grateful when people take the time to write a thank you note, especially when they've paid for something. I have been so pleased with the response I'm getting to my workshops that I'm going to continue to offer one a month. Next month, my new workshop is The Answers Lie Within. As I was trying to decide whether I wanted to do this particular workshop next month, one of my clients started quoting Yoda and telling me how I sound like him. Then she said, you're always saying the answers lie within. Well, that was clearly the answer to my question. Yes, it is definitely right timing for me to do this workshop in October. We really do have all the answers within us. In this instance, the universe was reminding me to trust my inner guidance. The problem is, is that there are so many voices in our head that it's difficult to determine which voice is our authentic one. Some voices tell us what we should and shouldn't do and what we're good at and not good at. Especially when we're under stress, it's easy to feel confused or given to the loud, demanding voice or to give in to fear. Learning to hear and trust our limitless higher self is essential to our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual 
well-being. In this experiential workshop, you will access your limitless higher self, learn how to hear and trust your own voice, discover new insights, release stress, fear, and doubts, gain new energy and freedom, increase your joy and peace of mind, make decisions with ease, trust, and self-confidence. Know that you are following your own truth. We will meet at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, Texas, Saturday, October 24th from 2 to 3.30 for just $35. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Teresa Graham Brett who will talk with us about rethinking parenting and creating empowering relationships with our children. And last week, we had a really beautiful conversation with Dr. Edward Tick on healing the soul-level wounds of war. His deep understanding of the harm that war does to all of us is profound. We, as a global community, share in the responsibility when lives are taken and property is destroyed. The bright side is that he has developed ways to help people heal, find forgiveness, and heal through good deeds and acts of service to others. As Anne-Marie, a veteran and regular listener, wrote, I saw that Dr. Tick was on, and I was really happy. I'm so glad you hosted him. Because of your guest, Dr. Gus Kaufman, mentioning him, I ordered his books, and just glancing through them was a sigh of relief to know that, yes, someone is doing exactly what is needed. I'm excited about listening to your show on demand. Like Anne-Marie, you can visit my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on Radio Show at the top of the navigation to hear that show and others that you have missed or wish to hear again. While I'm reading emails, there are two more that I want to share with you from clients. One came in the mail with a check. Thank you so much for all of your help. I've been experiencing a lot of positive changes in the short time we've been working together. I have more energy. I'm motivated and more self-confident in my decisions. The second letter is from a client who I worked with last year. She says, I'm on a road trip. 
the moving car that came to me in one of our first meetings finally came to pass. It's been very, very healing so far. And thank you for working with me. I know this trip would not have been possible without the work we did together to remove the obstacles. The expressions of gratitude coming from my current and past coaching clients and my workshop participants are an outer expression of the inner feelings of gratitude that I have. Yesterday was Yom Kippur, the day of repentance, which is a very solemn fast day for Jews around the world. We take stock of our lives and our character looking for ways that we want to do better in the new year. This was different for me than previously. My main feeling was one of gratitude. I'm not saying I've achieved perfection, met all of my personal and professional goals, and have no more work to do on myself or in the world. What I am saying is that my life is nothing short of a miracle, given the dramatic changes in every area of my life that have occurred over the last few years, and especially this past year. The heaviness was gone. I spent a good part of the holiday thinking about all of the silver linings that came into my life because of the struggles and challenges that I have had. I'll share them with you over the course of time, but one in particular is relevant for today's topic of parenting. Early in my career, I heard a speaker whose main message was, if you want to grow in your career, work on yourself. That was good advice, not only for improving my career, but for improving all areas of my life, including my relationships with my children. As John Kabat-Zinn said, wherever you go, there you are. This is a bit too simple, however, when you're talking about relationships. It will get you far, but not always to your desired result, because both individuals have free will. I know people, both men and women, whose children do not talk to them, and others who are denied access to their grandchildren. This is very often the case when the parental couple were in an abusive relationship. The dominant pattern in these instances seems to be the children feel the need to please the abuser, which often leaves the abused partner unable to forge a healthy, loving relationship with their own children. In effect, the abuser steals the children from their partner in overt and or covert ways. At times, the partner is able to manipulate the children, even adult children, in ways that are not obvious to them. Working on myself, then, was only part of the answer. I did continue to do that and developed a lot of patience, inner strength, endurance, trust, faith, compassion, and empathy. I learned how to stand up for myself, to see beyond illusion, and tell myself the truth, to stay in the moment, to focus on the positive and the silver linings. I learned how to release fear, be at peace, and stay centered. And I learned a lot about human nature and even more 
about abuse. When things seem bleak, prayer and hope and finding joy in other aspects of my life sustained me. I learned how to see my life and live my life in a new and fulfilling way. I saw all of these as silver linings along with the awareness that that by growing through my own challenges, I became uniquely equipped to help others overcome abuse and other serious challenges and lead healthy, happy, and productive lives. My work with my client continues to be a major source of joy for me. Slowly, my relationships with my adult children changed and healed. Life has a way of teaching us lessons and helping us grow if we choose to pay attention. Sometimes we grow through loving relationships and sometimes through challenging ones. I was lucky that, like me, my children chose to pay attention to what their lives were teaching them. And that was one of the things that led to the deep feelings of gratitude that I felt yesterday as I thought about who I was and what my life was like a year ago. I could see and feel the miracles and silver linings in my life, which are fresh enough and profound enough to bring tears of joy. Not many of us, if any at all, grew up with perfect parents. So as parents, we move, we vowed to do it differently, but the information and tools that we really needed were not always available. Each generation learns more and does it a little better. We are in processes of civilization and making progress as parents. Our guest today, Teresa Graham Brett, is one of the people leading the way. Teresa is a lawyer who combines social justice education with parenting. As a writer and consultant, she helps parents do inner work that ultimately liberates individuals, groups, and communities. She has written for Pathways to Family Wellness, Rethinking Everything Magazine, and The Natural Child Project. She is editor of the Kindred Community, is on their board and project manager for their parent education programs. Teresa founded Parenting for Social Change and co-founded Alliance for Parenting Education in Africa. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the links to read about and register for my workshop, The Answers Lie Within. Then click on Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Teresa Graham-Brett to talk about rethinking parenting to create empowering relationships with our children. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, 
Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach a lot of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 866 472 5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now or between shows, I value you and what you have to say. So please let me know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down the ways in which you are happy or unhappy with your own parenting. And we're here with Teresa Graham Brett to talk about rethinking parenting parenting to create empowering relationships with our children. Welcome, Teresa. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Paula. I am excited to be talking with you today and um, to be in conversation with your listeners. Thank you. And in our um, offline conversation, uh, as we were talking about the show, you had shared with me your personal story of growing up and the parenting style that you experienced and how that led to your determination to create new and better ways to parent. And I'd be so grateful if you would share that with our listeners. Absolutely. You know, I think we all carry so much from our own childhoods and have determination to do it similarly or differently depending on, or both of those things depending on our own experiences. And, you know, in my own life, um, I had um, 
my father was in the Air Force, and my mother, they met, he met my mother in Japan, and my mother um, immigrated to the U.S., and so I grew up in a um, military family and also in a bicultural, um, biracial family as well, so, um, and, you know, I would say that my household was fairly authoritarian, and um, in many ways, my um, my mother had very high expectations, and my dad... Um, uh, was an alcoholic, and so often it was a very volatile um, family situation. And, you know, as I grew up, as I was growing up, a lot of what I've reflected on um, through those experiences is I used to kind of believe that the, um, you know, the dysfunction that I experienced in, within my own family was really um, unique, but not unique in some ways, unique in that that was my experience, um, but that it was really related solely um, to my own parents. And, you know, as I grew up and began to, you know, do my own healing process and, you know, establish different relationships with my parents and then became a parent myself, I also engaged um, professionally in doing social justice work and social justice education um, in intergroup education through univ- my university work. So as I approached parenthood, which didn't happen until my mid-30s, I wasn't sure that I wanted to have children. Some of that was based on my own experience and my internalized belief that, you know, I wouldn't be a good parent because of my childhood experiences. When the time came when I made that decision that I wanted to be a parent and um, my partner and I, we um, came to that together, of course, but some of it was my willingness to even step into that role. Um, I began to think a lot about what I wanted to do differently in my own life as a parent and trying to, you know, set some expectations for myself about the ways I wanted to be with them. And as I became a parent, and really during the first five years of my parenting journey, um, I was really determined to do many things, to be really um, express my love openly, which was something that I didn't always experience in my own childhood, to try to create a greater sense of stability and a less chaotic kind of home environment. But also, I integrated some of my own thoughts and experiences around um, social issues and wanted to um, raise children who were socially aware and saw justice as part of, you know, what we were meant to do, creating more just and inclusive environments um, for everyone um, in our country, in our world. So those were all the things I brought into my parenting journey. And I really had this um, critical moment at one point when my um, oldest son, the oldest son in my life, was about close to five. I was pregnant with um, the second son in our lives, and my partner happened to take some um, videos over a holiday, and um, he captured me um, talking with uh, the oldest child in my life. And later on, I watched the video. It was not, you know, anything um, that was remarkable until I watched it. And as I watched it, I saw myself interacting with him and realized that I was reenacting all of the, many of the same kinds of things that I experienced with my own parents in terms of how I spoke to him. You know, I said to him at one point, if you don't speak to, speak to me in a certain tone of voice, 
I'm not going to listen to you. You have to speak this way. And I realized that unconsciously I had recreated much of what I'd hoped to not recreate. And so that began my journey of really not only having the commitment, but then following through on the action and the internal work that I needed to do to truly change my relationships with children, not only to shift the patterns from my own childhood, but to understand that my experiences as a child were really reflective of our broader systems and culture, which devalued children and did not consider children to be full human beings. So I'll stop there, Paula, <laughs> with well, that story. <laughs> um, it, it's so powerful, and um, and what courage it took for you to be willing to and able to see yourself, to step out and to see the bigger picture of what was happening and then do what those of us who have worked on ourselves know to be incredibly difficult work. Um, you know, change is good, but nobody said it was simple or easy. Um, and and so it is a tremendous commitment and gift to your children in the world to do, to make that big step. So I thank you for that. And, and I'm curious, um, this idea of children not being, you know, fully capable. You talk about adultism, mm-hmm. and that was like, oh my gosh! Um, so it's it's an interesting concept and one that I would love for you to explain and and talk about so that we can really understand what we do unconsciously and have just accepted as the norm. Right. So, you know, I think this this concept I didn't really get until I've been doing social justice education, talked about ageism and racism and sexism and heterosexism, all of the isms, right, that we try to address and, and to help, you know, in my role, it was with students, help them to understand how those operate in our culture. And when I started my own learning journey and unlearning, it was both unlearning and relearning <laughs> um, journey, right? I really began to then examine all the ways in which are, and to delve into some of the other things that were written out there um, about how it is that we view children in our, in our culture and in our societies. And that, you know, one of the, one of the fundamental pieces is that what we grow up experiencing and then what we accept as adults is that our status as adults gives us the right to act upon children without any consent on their part and that we believe um, that's embedded in our systems that as adults we are better than children and that we then have that right because we are better. What I, what I didn't understand when I was doing social justice education work and what compelled me to then want to write and to found Parenting for Social Change and to do work with parents was that that foundation of power and control and domination over children and our view of children really sets the foundation for all other forms of oppression to grow and flourish. 
And that was a missing link for me in the work I had been doing previously, which fueled my passion to want to talk about and to create change by fundamentally changing the adult-child relationship and getting us to see that relationship as one which had power and control and domination embedded in it. And so the ways in which we don't ask children to consent to be hugged or to be touched. We don't um, allow children in some in many of our systems to make decisions about when they need to go to the bathroom. They have to ask permission to do so. The ways in which we require children to um, please us as adults in order to get our love and affection and praise. All of those systems really are embedded in this, um, you know, all of those ways in which we treat children really form this foundation of adultism, or some um, writers have called it childism, ageism is another term, but all of those things really are givens in our culture and um, really are the things that we have to begin to uncover in, in our own learning and growing up that we've internalized through our experiences as children. So I'm I'm um, thinking some of our listeners are thinking, oh my gosh! So how do you socialize a child? At what age um, does this kick in? How do children learn to be appropriate, to be kind, to uh, have the the values that you're wanting them to have for social change? Right. Yeah. So help me out. <laughs> yes, that's such a great question because I think that's the critical question often that keeps us from from moving toward more empowering relationships with children. So one of the things that that I think is a fundamental frame of reference or shift in our thinking and that really bears itself out in a lot of the research that's out there is that children um actually are are capable of being socialized because they are social beings. And so what we believe and what's part of our culture is that we believe that we have to give those things to children, that it's our responsibility to teach them those things. And that's the only way that they learn it. But in fact, there's sociological research, there's psychological research that shows that Children are motivated to want to, of course, receive love, right? (laughs) Like that seems a fundamental thing, that we grow and develop in our relationships with others, that as social beings, connectedness and attachment are critical parts of our healthy development. And so it's actually through meeting the needs of children and understanding that they want to be quote-unquote good, right? I don't think of them as good or bad. Um, And that when children act in ways that hurt others, for example, a child who hits, um, which is so common, right, Dr. Paul, from two to four. (laughs) What happens? Children are hitting. (laughs) We struggle with that as parents. And yet, if we go below the surface of the behavior, what we can really find is that underneath, the child doesn't feel good about something. And if we can understand what it is they're not feeling good about, perhaps... Um, in a previous interaction with them, this certainly happened in my own parenting, 
I dismissed or I um, said something or I treated the child in ways that were disrespectful. And so they're not feeling good, not feeling connected to me results in them taking those emotions out on others, right? And so what I found is as I began to shift my own treatment of children, I saw their behavior change. But I didn't do it to change their behavior. I did it to create a more connected and deeper relationship and understanding of what they needed. And that became the key was to not look at our behavior, which is really just a manifestation of disconnection and pain when we hurt others, but instead to look at well, why is he hurting? What's going on for I have boys, so I say he. So why is he hurting? What's going on for him? What's happening with her? What might have happened to her earlier that I'm not seeing that now is resulting in yelling or screaming or, you know, a quote-unquote tantrum? So for me, that's the key is to look beyond the behaviors to understand that what the child really wants is a close, connected relationship with adult caregivers, a relationship with others, And they struggle in the same ways that we do as adults with emotions. But when we struggle with emotions, we don't term it as a temper tantrum, right? Uh (laughs) But when children struggle with emotions, we decide it's a negative instead of seeing it as a learning process, seeing it as, as a way or a call for connection, we then punish the behavior, which creates another cycle of disconnection. And when we use power and control in that ways, all we're doing is teaching children that Negative emotions should never be expressed. You should pretend to be happy. And if you aren't pretending to be happy, then you will get punished. And that's not the messages parents we really want to send, right? We want other messages. We just don't see that that's what's going on under the surface because we've been trained through our own experiences as children to react in those ways, and we don't have other tools to see it differently. And and so even, um, actually, we just have one minute before break, so I think this might be <clears throat> a good time for us to close out this section and to come back and talk a little bit more deeply about, uh, you know, a, a very young child who mm-hmm. may not have the verbal skills to right. talk about what's going on, how do we intervene in a way that still respects and empowers the child? Great. Thank you so much. What fascinating um, concepts and new ways of looking at things. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and barriers to hearing your limitless higher self and inner wisdom and getting what you really, truly want in life. You'll also get advance notice about every show episode and the on-demand shows sent directly to you. Now on your paper, write down the things that you can do to align your parenting with your own values. 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back to talk more with Teresa Graham Brett talking about rethinking parenting to create empowering relationships with our children. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down the things that you can do to align your parenting with your values. And we're here talking with Teresa Graham Brett about just that and creating empowering relationships with our children. Just before break, we were beginning to talk about how you can help a young child without adultism when they can't express with words what's bothering them. Uh, that's such a fabulous question. And what I want to start with, Paula, is there. there's actually quite a bit of... Um, so I'm going to create a research foundation because there's quite a bit of research in in terms of our brain development and neurobiology that support what it is I'm going to talk about that we can do with very young children and why it's so critically actually important for us to do that to really maximize the neural and brain development of children um, so that they become more empathetic, they have greater mental and emotional health as they grow up. So. Um, so I just wanted to lay that as a foundation. Um, Dr. Daniel Siegel writes quite a bit about neurobiology and attachment and brain development. 
And, um, you know, I would encourage folks to also look at some of his work if you have interest in this. But particularly for that very young age of children, um, what's, what I think is important is that we begin to set a foundation for understanding that children communicate with us in many, many different ways, that it's not always verbal. We're a very verbal society in many ways, um, and yet, you know, we're wired to pick up um, very subtle, you know, body signals. Um, nonverbal communication is such a critical part of how we um, learn about others and interact. And I think as parents, if we can begin to see that even from birth, young, very, you know, babies are communicating with us all the time, you know, in the ways that they can, obviously through cries, through other things that comes up. But if you look at babies, they're able to signal when they're hungry in different ways. Um, You know, they're able to signal when they need to, um, you know, um, pee or poop. I'm just going to use those words. (laughs) But they're able to, um, because as parents, we use those words all the time. They're able to signal whether they're comfortable in a room or not being with someone else, you know, they avert their eyes or they turn away slightly. So as parents, if we can begin to really observe those nonverbal communication, communications that are happening from a young age, we can begin to look at what the baby is communicating with us. And then as they grow up, and let's say they're entering into the toddler stage, which often for parents is such a struggle for us, and, you know, they are experiencing their emotions, they want to be able to do so much more than they're able to do, and that's frustrating for them. One of the critical things that we can do is to be able to bring out, and this is supported in that um, neurobiology research, is to be able to bring out from, um, you know, through our own words, even if the child isn't speaking with us, what we perceive to be that inner experience of the child, so that as a child... If you have to say no, right, which does happen, we can't say yes all the time. The child is, you know, doing something that might bring them into harm immediately. And then they're angry and frustrated and they're crying. To be able to say, oh, you really want to do that, and that's really not safe right now. And I... I know that you're really frustrated and angry. When we begin to bring out that inner world of what's happening within the child outward through our language, we actually begin to create in the child this ability to notice what's happening for them internally. As parents, if we continue that, even in our interventions, to recognize, acknowledge what's going on for them, that they're frustrated, that they're angry, that they're sad, whatever that might be, begin to verbalize that inner experience and even verbalize our own inner experience with children, that actually creates very attached relationships. Children's um, brain development actually becomes much more integrated, and the studies show that they become more empathetic the more that we're able to create that kind of relationship where we understand inner experience, we know that it's about more than behavior, and they then develop a different understanding of themselves and are able to translate that into their own relationships with others as they grow up. So that's one way to think about it. And so we model empathetic behavior toward them, which is uh, the most effective way to teach them empathy. And that's one of the gifts, I think, that we get when we work on ourselves is 
clearing out our own pain so that we can have that empathy. And and I'd appreciate it if you'd talk a little more yeah. about that. Absolutely. I think the benefit of parenting in this way for me and for so many of the parents that I've worked with and done workshops with is that what they begin to understand is we had profound loss in our own childhoods because these are not experiences that the vast majority of us had, even if we had very loving parents. Um, So as we begin to do this and model this with the children in our lives, we actually... Sometimes we get very triggered ourselves, which points to where there may be some pain from our past. If we can reflect on those and begin to give ourselves what we didn't get in our own childhoods, that healing process actually becomes very empowering. So rather than using power and control over children, power and control over ourselves internally, you know, those voices in our heads that you talked about earlier are often incredibly judgmental and negative of ourselves we actually begin our own process of being the parents we needed, um, creating attached relationships for ourselves, healing that, even looking at how our own brains rewire. That's some of Daniel Siegel's research as well and writing. We do that with children. We do that for ourselves. It's really synergistic, and it results in empowerment for both the child and the parent. That's really amazing, um, and and I, I, and you articulated so beautifully, so that the journey, the difficult journey, of looking into ourselves and making those changes, really creates benef- in, benefits for our internal life, which affects our entire life, not just yes. our parenting. Yes, I, I'm curious. I'm curious, too, you talked about um, starting an organization called Alliance for Parenting Education in Africa. Would you talk to us a little bit about that, what you're doing and the impact it's having? Yeah, so I was approached, it was um, over, you know, it's coming up on, um, gosh, a year, over a year ago, um, I was approached by a teacher and educator in the Eastern Cape um, in South Africa, and he has uh, had many of the same beliefs I did and also had his own childhood experiences that were very harsh uh, through which he, um, you know, developed and healed and then began to see his role differently as a teacher, as a parent himself. He approached me and talked about wanting to implement programming in South Africa that would really begin to shift parents away from corporal punishment and harsh punishment toward more attached, positive, and equitable relationships with children as a way to create broader social change. And so we began a partnership and began working together, and, um, you know, he brought his expertise and commitment in terms of what he was doing in South Africa with students, and then we combined that with some of the work that I had been doing to develop some, you know, which really are, in fact, some traditional models for bringing parents and grandparents together um, in circles, in storytelling, in ways of connecting around how it is um, 
individuals and communities and could come together to really understand the harm of harsh corporal punishment of these relationships with children that in some ways often mirrored colonialism, you know, that was experienced and brought, um, you know, communities back to more traditional values and connections. And so we've um, started um, that pro- those projects in um, Durban, South Africa, to really bring parents together to reflect on um, cultural norms currently in place to begin to look at developmental needs of children as we've kind of talked about today and to create support for shifting and changing um, those norms. So these ideas are applicable in any culture and adaptable. I like the way you talked about the circles because it's respectful of their communal and cultural values. Yes, it's not about, you know, as a Westerner coming in and saying, you parent badly, right? (laughs) Like we all are in our own journeys and we all have internalized cultural norms that are harmful that come from systems that we don't always notice. And so some of it really, it really is about we're together in this circle. We don't teach from a top-down hierarchical model. It really is about let's reflect, let's think about some of the questions that you've even asked Paula today are some of the things that we ask parents to ask themselves and to reflect on in those circles and to say what is it we really want from our relationships with children and how do we get there as parents and as communities. What a beautiful way to um, come to closure on our talk today and I just want to point out too before um, we shift to the my ending and that is that you talked about corporal punishment but um, disrespect of children can also come in the words we use in the way we talk to them and about them and the names we call them and so it's it's looking at everything, uh, calling yes. a child a moron or stupid or you're, you know, et cetera. So thank you so much for helping us see more clearly how we can have healthier, empowering relationships with our children and heal ourselves. Parentingforsocialchange.com is one way you can get more information and contact Teresa Gray and Brett. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much, Dr. Paula. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. And I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click Click on the link to like us on Facebook, then click on the link to my resources page and to my store to purchase the books my guests and I have written, and then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops. If you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, literally thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, heart, and spirit, resulting in faster progress and profound healing. Click on the link 
link to register for my new workshop, The Answers Lie Within, then go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email. Next Thursday, please join us when Dr. Jane Katra will talk with us about her experience with after-death communication. In the meantime, please call or send me an email. I want to hear from you. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. 